0: Hey, you busy? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Lately, it seems like there has been this anonymous, just connected wave of people feeling like they're navigating through life and they have arrived to a certain location, but they have no idea on what to do. It's that uncomfortable place between knowing I can't go back but also knowing that I'm moving towards something, but being very clear that in this space that I'm in, in the in-between, I don't really have all the instructions that I would like to have. That would make me comfortable if it was, hey, do A, B, C, D, E, F, and then come back to me or just give me the whole A through Z so that I can follow it out. But I really feel like I have an idea of what A is, and I may have even mustered up B, but I just feel like, hey, I need some more instructions here. Have you ever felt so frustrated or so overwhelmed because you truly could not identify what the next steps were? Like, what are the next steps? Or as a matter of fact, what's going to happen after I take these particular steps, right? And so you've arrived, but it's not getting any clearer. All you know is that you have to keep going in this direction. Like the prayer has been received, but God, what do I do after that? You you ever, it's almost like carrying a whole baby, giving birth, giving it a name. And then you go home and it's like, okay, now what? Yeah, you have the little care package that the hospital gives you, you know, here's a couple of pampers, here's a couple of Pieces of milk. If you're going to breastfeed, that's something else. But you, you really, no one can really iron out what the next couple of days, months, and or year is going to look like for you. And sometimes it kind of feels like that, right? The blessing is received, or you're in the process of receiving your blessing, or walking it out. And it sometimes feel like God gave you an impartial instruction manual. You know, it's kind of incomplete. It's almost like he's writing the instructions as you're walking it out. Like, shouts out to Abraham in the Bible. God just told him, get up, keep walking straight to our say stop. (laughs) That was as in-depth as his instructions got, right? And so I feel like the trick of the enemy is that we were made to believe as if we don't know what to do. God, I know you told me to start that business, but I don't know how I don't have a business degree. I don't know anyone else who has that kind of business. I don't know anything about business. All I know about business is how to spell business. I don't know anything else outside of that. We start to then look at ourselves on what we don't have in the measuring up. And, you know, I don't have that particular credential or I'm not in that network field of people. I I don't know enough people. I don't have enough investment. I don't have enough capital gain. You're looking at all of what you don't have in God's. God is like, can I just say something to you? You have exactly what you need for the time that you need it. If he felt like you needed anything else thereafter, he would have given it to you. And so whenever I try to, you know, I'm going through something, I always try to see it from a different perspective, right? Because that's my strong suit. So I said, you know what? I want to take a closer look at the story of Moses, right? And not particularly Moses, but what his mother did. And it was so inspiring to finally see that, you know, we could pull a zillion examples, but this one just really hit close to home because I actually was able to see how it all played out, but I did not see where she got instruction. So just to give you some backdrop, there was a woman and a man um, from the tribe of Levi in the, book of, in the book of Exodus. They got together, they did what they did, and they got pregnant, right? And so they got pregnant at the very same time that Pharaoh put out a, a law or what have you during that time that if any newborn babies were that were born were boys, that they had to be thrown in the Nile River. If the baby was born and was born a girl, you're saved you get to continue to live right so he told Every midwife, if it's a boy, throw it in the Nile River, no questions asked, because that was the time that the Israelites were growing strong, and they were just growing massive in strength and in number, and that started to scare a lot of people, and they were like, listen, they get ready to be so much in number and have so much strength. They just may over, you know, subdue us, so we got to do something different. So because strength was identified in the men, it was like, well, if we kill off the babies— if we kill the men off while they're babies, then we'll have, you know, the, the advantage over them. And that speaks a word right there as I hear myself saying it. Sometimes what the enemy does is he can already see the trajectory of where you're going to go, the plan that God has you on, the path that's going to lead to your success. And so he cannot take it from you. So what he does is he tries to kill it in his onset, in his infant stage. If he can put enough fear in you, if he can put enough doubt in you, if he can make you look at, oh, but look at all little that you have, he can kill the thing before it becomes its strongest, before it grows into its fruition. Like that that's, that's amazing. I didn't even catch that until I just read it with you. Like the fact that it was they're going to get too strong. And this is what they're, if they reach their full capability, we're in trouble. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to kill it in this infant stage, in this beginning stage, on the onset of them even getting on the scene. We're not even going to give them a chance. And so I want you to grab that. There, There's no, nothing new is happening under the sun, right? The enemy didn't just start being an enemy. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so we need to get, Three steps ahead of that and say, oh, I know what this is. You're trying to scare me from this job opportunity because you already know I get into this entrepreneur lane. If they let me in this, if I go ahead and get in this job and they start promoting me, you know that I'm going to be so powerful that my particular posture, and the way that I carry myself and the excellence I'm going to do at this job it's going to just gravitate more to who is this person, which is going to lead them back to God. So you're trying to kill this thing from the onset. So that's going to make me work triple the heart, right? Oh my goodness, that just got me. But all right, let's go back to Moses. So he, he was a boy. I don't know if you noticed. And the fact that his mother had a decision to make, the Bible says that she hid him for as long as she could, that she hid him for three months, right? I guess that was just at the point that his cry was becoming a little bit stronger. It was just like, ah, bro, I can't hide you no more. Yeah, I was able to just shh when you were a couple of weeks, but it's not working at three months. At three months, people are going to start to know, yeah, that's a boy, <laughs> and that's a baby, and that baby should have been in that river. So I just want to go back to Exodus 2 real quick. Let me see here. And I want to start, let's just start from the top, Exodus 2. So it says, about this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. Verse 2, the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of cypress reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Four. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Five. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. Six, when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Seven, then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? she asked verse eight yes do the princess replied so the girl went and called the baby's mother nine take this baby and nurse him for me the princess told the baby's mother i will pay you for your help so the woman took her baby home and nursed him ten later when the boy was older his mother brought him back to pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son the princess named him moses For she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Now, one of the major things that I just noticed as I was reading that is God will use the very thing that was meant to kill you and he will mean it and turn it around for your good. The Pharaoh literally said, any baby that is born that is a boy, if he is a boy, throw him in the river to die. The Nile River to die. And his mother put him in the Nile River and he lived. Oh my goodness, you got to hear that. The very same thing that the enemy planned to be the very thing that was going to take you out. God will use that same tool and be the very thing that saves the day the Bible literally says that God would turn everything around for your good. You got to understand and believe that. But just setting the scene real quick with Moses' mother. So she's pregnant. It's a boy. You know, all these things going on. I'm sure that pregnancy had to be super stressful because there was no sonograms back then, right? So how she knew it was a boy the same time the midwives did. It was like, oh my goodness. But thank God that God put two midwives that were more fearful of God than they were of man and let and let that be a lesson right there. But how did Moses's mother know to put this baby in the basket and to put something on the bottom of it, a little bit of tar to make it waterproof? How does she know? And so for this set you know, we, we, if we were Moses's mother, we were probably like, God, I don't know what to do. And we would rest in the posture of, I don't know what to do. No one gave her any instructions on what to do next. She knew to hide him for three months. But after that, where was her instruction? How does she know that the three months was the maximum time frame? How does she know that? She knew it from experience, Right. Because we just read that Moses had a sister, right? She was the one that went ahead and asked Pharaoh's daughter, hey, would you want me to find someone who can nurse the baby? So she knew, the little that she knew was, after three months, I'm going to have a hard time masking this little boy's strong cry. So in that stage of Moses' mother's life, the instruction manual that she leaned on was experience. And that is something that you need to catch. She didn't know a lot, but she knew enough from her experience. And then how does she know how to make something float? Like when does she know or have the time to kind of exercise how to make a baby float along, you know, the reefs of the Nile River? Did she do a couple of test runs? What would have prompted her to do any of that? And so in that, in that particular stage, her instruction manual that she leaned on was instincts. Instincts. You knew that this baby was going to get in here. It, was some, it had to be something big enough to hold a baby, but something strong enough to make the baby float, but something that had to be waterproof so that the water didn't get on the inside to affect the baby. That had to be pure instincts. Because I didn't read nowhere where she was anybody's kind of um, Build-A-Bear. You know, I, we don't have where her background was, but you certainly d- don't go to school for that. That's not something that they teach you in the lemas class, right? And so that was just in itself something that's like, man, if she would have grabbed anything else, would it have sunk? Would it have floated at least for that long? Like, how does she know... To make sure that when she did push him out, that she pushed him along the reeds. And how did she know the now river? I mean, all of that just had to be that motherly instinct. But I think we all have that form of instinct because when God gives you something and he gave you something to birth... I think he automatically gives you the instinct to carry it through, to make sure it's safe, to make sure that it goes into its its form that it's supposed to be fruition to. I don't think that's just limited to maternal instinct, paternal instinct. I think when God puts something in the deep depths of you, you automatically are equipped to knowing what is needed for this thing to come to pass. And so, so far we got that she leaned on experience because she had a baby before. She had two babies before. Now she's leaning on instincts because Moses was her assignment. At least to up to them three months, that was her assignment. So God gave her instincts that only she could have went ahead and done. I didn't see that Moses' father did that. We didn't see that the midwives believe in God, but they didn't give, give her no instructions. So the beauty of the assignment is that God gives you the instincts to go along with it. And then the next phase, you know, that Pharaoh's daughter actually paid Moses' mother to nurse him. How awesome of a turnaround. You couldn't write a better turnaround than that, right? And then Moses' mother bringing the child back to allowing Pharaoh's daughter to not only adopt him, but to name him. Why didn't she just leave out, you know, leave out the portion of, And I have so many different thoughts coming in. Like, why is it that she agreed to nurse the baby, knowing that she would possibly have to go about some point giving him back up? How is it that she knew pushing this baby in Pharaoh's daughter's direction was going to ultimately lead cross fingers at some point a maidservant walking along the reeds and, and getting the baby and seeing the baby. For all she knew, Pharaoh's daughter could have opened up the little basket thing, looked at Moses and was like, this is one of them Hebrew children. Ugh, he's in the basket. He's in He's in the Nile River where he should have drowned, but he's in the basket. So let me just go ahead and just flip this basket over, boop. And so I feel like on that segment of it all, the pushing of something into the unknown You pushing through to the next stage of what God wants you to be, but you don't know what's on the other side. You getting to the very edge of the Red Sea as an Israelite, not knowing God's going to open it up. I think when you get to the edge of God, this is, I don't know what else to do, but I'm just going to do this. And this probably looks illogical on so many different realms, but I'm going to go ahead and do what I feel that this next stage in. So her next step of instructions were faith. Because she didn't know what Pharaoh's daughter' response was going to be. Like I said, she could have took the basket and said, oh, why are you floating? My father said you're supposed to be drowning. Boop, and then turned the whole thing around. The promptings of the Holy Spirit was what she needed to do that. Because I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. As a mother, I don't know if I could have done it. I would have much rather walked up to Pharaoh's daughter and possibly took my chances and said, hey, this baby's beautiful. Look, mm-hmm. looking just like me. Um, Can you raise him? Or maybe I just would have went, and the Bible says they're from the tribe of Levi. I just would have went on an escape route. Like, I got to save this baby. I'm sorry, I'm going back. It, it got to be a tribe somewhere I can hide it within. I don't know. But sometimes the following and the unctioning, of the Holy Spirit and your faith is the only set of instructions you need more than anything with the story of Moses I am more intrigued with her ability to lean on different manuals different postures for each decision there was no clear roadmap there was no voice from heaven thus singing the Lord uttering any instructions she was literally led each phase at a time. She didn't know that these two midwives were going to keep the secret. She didn't know that she would be able to hold this baby and hide him for three months. She didn't know that this basket was going to carry the weight of this child. She didn't know what Pharaoh's daughter's you know, response was going to be, she didn't know that the servants of Pharaoh's daughter was even going to be in compliance with, oh, you're going to keep this baby? But didn't your father just say that if it's a boy, it should be in in the Nile River? And not only that, you're getting ready to take money out of the palace to let a Hebrew woman nurse a Hebrew baby? None of that was two plus two equals, wait a minute, this is your baby and you did that. None of that happened. None of that was clear. I'm sure if she knew what the next step was going to be, it probably would have went a little bit differently. But it is, I'm just so intrigued, the way that she was led each phase at a time. So how are you being led? Are you trying to lean on the very same thing that you were leaning on a couple of situations ago and you're trying to figure out why it's not working? Like, I truly want to challenge you in this. Identify where you're currently at in your life and the decisions that you're currently being faced with and ask yourself, do you need to lean on your experience, your God-giving instincts, or simply the prompting of the Holy Spirit and activating your faith? Where are you at with it? Because I think if we were able to pull a chair up and speak to Moses' mother, she probably would have been like, listen i was afraid i didn't know how that was going to turn out i listen for her to be able to give moses back she didn't even get the chance to name him but for her to be able to birth him hide him for three months then nurse him and give him back to pharaoh's daughter she had to have known that there was an assignment on this child and she had to have settled in her heart at some point. It is better for this boy to live and grow in a palace where I know he is alive than to know that he didn't even get a chance because of his gender from birth. That, has, that had to have resonated in her some kind of way. And so I just wanted to pick up the phone to really let you know it's not always going to be a walk in the park right? It's not always going to be. But I promise, I promise you that you know exactly what to do. And I know that that sounds weird. That it's like, how? How do I know how to do? Know how to do what? I've never been a business owner. I've never seen a successful marriage. Nobody in my family graduated from college. I don't know anyone who's wealthy. There's no millionaire thousandaires in my family. I've never raised this many children. This is the new day and age. I don't know how to raise them in, in this current generation. How how, I know, which, how you figure I know what to do? And that's because God assigned it to you because he gave you the instructions. You just got to figure out which manual you're going to lean on now. We just seen the different manuals that Moses' mother leaned on. You have to get out of your emotions, get out of your head, so that you can hear what your next steps are. Moses' mother didn't have it as good as Noah did. Noah knew what cubics use gopher wood. He knew it down to the elemental P, down to the very specified way that God wanted the window in the ark. She didn't have that luxury. And you know what else she didn't have? She didn't have the time to delay on it. What if she would have chose a different day to put him in in the the basket in the Nile River? And there was no Pharaoh's daughter. What if she hid him longer than three months and he wasn't as cute as appealing when she did try to do it with Pharaoh's daughter? What if she waited until he can start sitting up or rolling over and now she puts him in a basket and he rolls over and he does drown? And so the, the attack and the curse that was on his life from the initial start of him drowning in the Nile River, it actually happened because she delayed on her instinct. She delayed on leaning on her manual. She delayed on finding out what instructions she needed for that particular moment. You don't have the time to delay. And I don't want to put an anxiety or, or a fear of haste in you, but I want to get your attention that, listen, she literally had to have an act now kind of posture, her spirit she she did not have a delayed spirit. it wasn't aI'll eventually get to it. She didn't have time to let postpartum you know dissipate before she made a decision. It wasn't like, well, let me at least name him, well, let me at least see him grow into his features let me you know it was no time to delay it was a you need to do this this is a matter of life and death and for her it was her baby for you it may be your business idea for you it may be your your financial breakthrough for you it may be your relationship or your marriage turning around for you it may be your child turning around but you don't have an opportunity to delay you don't get that luxury right now so every single time you attempt to let fear or frustration or any emotion cripple your decision-making, I want you to think about what you would have done if you were Moses' mother. Would you have done the same? a matter of fact, let's rewrite it. What would have happened if Moses' mother would have reacted the way that you do do with your current situation? It would have been a completely different story. Who who would have led the, the Israelites then? Half of the Bible would have probably been gone. There would have been no Ten Commandments and all of that other stuff because I feel like one little micro change changes the ripple effect of what would have happened in history. One little change. And so, like I said, my challenge is I want you to lean in. Lean in on where you're currently at in life. Lean in on the decisions you feel like you're faced with. And lean in on you know what? I may not have a lot, but I know for a fact I have experience. I know for a fact that if God assigned this thing to me, if he assigned this to me, I have the natural instincts to go with it. And if nothing at all, I have the faith that goes along with it. The Bible says you only need a mustard-sized faith. That's all you need It's just a mustard seed size. So get out of your own way. That is my challenge to you. Get out of your own way. And do the work that's needed. But you don't have a whole bunch of time to try to delay on how you're going to do it. No, this is not the game of hopscotch. This is not the game of, you know, double dush where you're just trying to, you know, kind of, wait, I'm waiting for the perfect time to jump in these ropes. No, you need to get in and you need to do what needs to be done because everything is timed perfectly to God's timing. And it does not need to be delayed because you decided you wanted to alter the timing for your own emotional gain or your own emotional um, hurdle. Don't make your emotional setback offset the rest of the history that is laid out before you, the thing that was assigned to you. So I'm confident that you got what you needed in this conversation. You know that these conversations are life-provoking conversations where you don't just hear something and you're just like, oh, okay, That oh, that was a good point. And then you may share it, you may not. You may remember it, you may not. And then you just get off the phone and that's it. No, I want you to go back to the layers of your life and say, okay, rub your hands together and say, let's get to work. And I want you to hear echoed in the very depths of your soul, you have exactly what you need. You have more than what you think. You have exactly what you need. And if you needed anything else, God would have sent it. He orchestrates stuff so amazingly. Just in time is what we see it as, but it was already preplanned for Pharaoh's daughter to be in that water, for the maid servants to be walking along where, where Moses eventually landed. For the mother to know, okay, he has to go. It was perfectly, perfectly aligned. It's not a just-in-time thing. It's you aligning with God's planning. You aligning with God's timing. Can you go ahead and just do that, please? Can you make the commitment no more delays? Can you make the, the commitment no more hindrances? Not on my part, not anymore. You already got a couple of things working against you. There's already some stuff that's trying to debilitate your growth. You don't need it to be you as well. Go forth, be brave, be strong, and get it done. And I promise you, one uncomfortable move will offset the rest of your life. I'm sure it wasn't comfortable to push that baby, push that newborn baby in the water and not know what was going to happen on the other side. One uncomfortable push was able to save an entire assignment, an entire generation of people. Please, please, please listen and let this conversation mean to you what it should mean. And whatever confirmation you got from hearing my voice, but actually God talking to you, I need you to stop delaying do it now who cares if you don't have all the credentials right now who cares if you don't have the website right now who cares if you don't have what you think you should have you have exactly what you need he promises you i'm telling you so i want you to get off this phone and do exactly what you feel prompted to do the time is now okay oh i just feel like shaking you at the shoulder so you could just see it, it is happening It's going to happen with or without you, but I'd rather it happen with you. But I'm going to go ahead and let you give up this phone. As my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go do what you got to do because I'm fired up. Go ahead and push. And every time you try to even recline back, just remember, what will Moses' mother have done? And that should be in your soul for the rest until we speak again. I was about to say the rest of your life, but until we talk again. All right, I'm going to let you go. Okay later